my name is uh, Dr. Diane Franqueur. I'm the CEO of the Society of Obstetrician and Gynecologists of Canada. And I'm still an OBGYN, still since the last 30 years. And uh, we like doing this podcast to um, have a discussion with you about some uh, variety of topics that are relevant to the practice of uh, obstetric and gynecology in Canada. And today we have a special guest and a very special topic as well. So I'm very pleased today to introduce Dr. Doug Wilson. He's our new SOGC president for 2022-23. Dr. Wilson is a professor emeritus in the Department of Obstetric and Gynecology in the Department of Medical Genetics at the Cummings School of Medicine, University of Calgary. And he has a long resume that I will speed up and and just to tell you that he's been involved in many fields he's been chair of department he's been practicing in the united states so he has a lot of experience and expertise in women's right women's health and women's choice so it's going to be really interesting to hear him talk as an obigain and also has the SOGC president because what happened in the last week in the U.S. is uh, scary for Canadian women. So I'm going to ask him question, and we'll be all listening to what he has to tell us. So good morning, Dr. Wilson. Good morning. So could you just tell us what has happened last week in the U.S. with this Roe versus Wade? How do you see it? Well, the situation that's happened is that the federal court uh, overturned Roe v. Wade, uh, returning abortion control to each state, resulting in the fact that nearly half of the states in the USA are poised to ban or dramatically limit abortion care if and when it occurs. You know, the topic of abortion is, is personal and, uh, and is commonly involved in religious and political ideology. The personal opinion regarding the question is either yes, uh, one supports choice, or no, one does not support choice, with very few persons sitting on the fence. And tell us, why this has this happened? Because, you know, after all these years, women felt that this debate was over. So why is it coming back over and over again? Well, it, certainly in, in the United States, uh, uh, there's a very polarized two-party political system. Uh, and also in the United States and, and worldwide, there's a, there's a major rise in conservative right-wing opinions and attitudes, uh, uh, both in the U.S. Uh, and, as I said, worldwide, uh, that has created this, uh, this health and equity environment. You know, Canada has only... You know, four federal parties, but only three of them are national. And uh, but in in there are areas in Canada with strong conservative right wing attitudes that support this U.S. this USA decision. You know, we need to respect a person's right to an opinion, and and understanding the reasons behind their opinion is important. But it really does require us to have an open and appropriate process for ethical and equitable reproductive health care choices and decisions. That really is required uh, 
and Canada does have that. And what were the reaction from, uh, you know, the, I would say, the leader in obstetrical care in the U.S. in, in the last week? How do you see that? Well, I think there, there has been there's been lots of uh, lots of uh, reactions and opinions, but I, but I'll I'll just summarize. Uh, I think uh, the two that uh, are probably most appropriate. One is from ACOG, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, and the other is from the American Medical Association. I thought that uh, the ACOG president, uh, Dr. Al Hoskins, stated stated it very succinctly in in his comment that. Today's decision is a direct blow to bodily autonomy, reproductive health, patient safety, and health equity in the United States. Very, a very clear, succinct statement. The AMA was a little bit uh, longer, and, and Dr. Jack Resnick is the uh, uh, president of the AMA. And he indicated the American Medical Association is deeply disturbed by the U.S. Supreme Court decision to overturn nearly half a century of uh, precedent protecting patients' rights to critical reproductive uh, health care, representing an egregious allowance of government's intrusion into the medical exam room, a direct attack on the practice of medicine and the patient-physician relationship, and a brazen violation of the patient's rights to evidence-based reproductive health care services. States that end legal abortion will not end abortion. They will end safe abortion, risking devastating consequences, including patients' lives. So I, I think those, those two major medical groups in the United States, uh, I, I think I've said it uh, very clearly. And all the women that I've seen as patients or friends or other healthcare providers since last week, since this decision was made, are afraid that us as Canadian women could be uh, in danger of losing our rights. So is there something that SOGC can do to reassure women of Canada? Well, I, I, certainly, I certainly think that uh, uh, the SOGC, as, as it always has done in, uh, in situations that, that impact women's health, will really work in a very proactive and collaborative way to support abortion services and access for Canadian women, as well as possibly a small number of women and families uh, uh, in the United States that, that may seek care in Canada. I think that uh, we've heard from some uh, of the half of the states that are going to continue to support abortion uh, there, there's, there's strong support for, for that option. But uh, obviously, uh, uh, you know, we are, we're not going to be able to, to help people travel, uh, you know, from place to place. Uh, and even in the United States, some, some patients have difficulty leaving their county or, or their state. So I, I, I think that uh, we can just do uh, as much as we can do, as I said, in a proactive, collaborative way. And we'll have to see uh, if there is uh, an impact uh, uh, and request for services from women uh, uh, south of the border. And on, on that matter, you know, a lot of people have said that uh, women are not protected in Canada because we don't have uh, 
a law, you know, putting abortions rights or abortion care in the in a specific uh, you know situation. So, what do you think about that? Should we have should we change the law? And in in and make it more clear what should Canadian women have as a protection of their uh, productive rights. I, I think I think the present the present situation in Canada is very clear. You know, abortion has been legal in Canada since 1988, when the Supreme Court decided uh, in in R versus Morgenthaler that a law that criminalized abortion was unconstitutional. That, uh, that vote in 1988 was a, a five to two decision uh, and the court upheld an acquittal of abortion advocate Henry Morgenthaler and struck down the existing law at that time. You know, today abortion falls under provincial healthcare systems as a medical procedure, meaning that access to the procedure varies considerably uh, from, from place to place. Now, there have been attempts uh, uh, from uh, governments to, uh, to change um, the, uh, the, the, that 1988 decision. Brian Mulroney's majority progressive conservative government in 1990 put forward, uh, uh, you know, tried to pass a law that would have made it a criminal offense to induce an abortion unless a physician deemed that the woman's life or health was likely to be threatened otherwise. Uh, so that added, uh, you know, an added a, a step in there that women were not having their own personal choice. That bill died in the Senate uh, where, the, where uh, it came to a very rare vote uh, that ended in a tie. Uh, no government since that, uh, since that time has... Uh, Uh, attempted to legislate on the issue, and most recently, uh, you know, the the Prime Minister uh, Justin Trudeau uh, was asked about this, and and uh, he indicated that uh, that uh, he would just he would be continuing to to support uh, access and uh, uh, other processes, but did not indicate that he would make uh, any legislative changes. Um, You know, uh, in the Morgenthaler decision, the Supreme Court uh, did not explicitly state that access to abortion is a fundamental right, uh, and no other Canadian court uh, has said so since. So I think we're safe in Canada uh, with this being provincial. But even in that situation, we know that uh, uh, Canadian women's access to abortion services is still limited. Most of it is very urbanized in, in the large cities, so rural uh, citizens have to travel. And not every province uh, has, uh, has the, the, uh, the level of access that, uh, that most of us in, in women's health, uh, in obstetrics and gynecology would, 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 would like. We would certainly like it moved to uh, 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 more of an equitable and universal sort of access. So if I get you right, we, we still need to clean our house a little bit before we make recommendations to our U.S. colleagues. So even though access is possible in Canada, we still have some work to do to make it 
access to all women who need it. We we still you know you 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 can still drive by uh, you know uh, facilities that provide abortion for Canadian women, and you'll see across the street people standing with signs protesting. Uh, they there's in a sense a no-fly zone for them. They 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 can't. Uh, uh, directly interact with the with the patient as as she goes to the facility and that was something that was again very disturbing in the u.s when uh, these protesters uh, continued even this week uh, in places where women uh, had the opportunity for choice it's uh, really uh, it's really uh, very upsetting and uh, and uh, i i totally unacceptable that uh, that uh, that sort of uh, free speech can be directly uh, directed at a patient. So some Canadian women are worried that they may lose their access to uh, abortion because American women will come and take their place. So what would you say about that? Is there a way we can reassure them? I, I, I think I think that is uh, um, it, it's a potential, but I don't think there is a, a high risk that that uh, there will be uh, uh, you know obstructive aspects because of an influx from the United States. I mean, we we do see uh, you know women coming to Canada to, ha- to have their baby, uh, and that has caused uh, you know t- tourism for a birth. Has has had some impact uh, on on maternity services in certain cities. Uh, I don't see that. I don't see this happening uh, in Canada for for abortion services. Um, but uh, the Canada Health Act uh, uh, does have the ability uh, to uh, ensure that provinces provide an adequate level of service. Um, and there was a, a situation in. Uh, New Brunswick, where money was withheld to, in, a, in a federal transfer payment as a result of their uh, minimal uh, abortion uh, uh, access. So uh, I, the federal government does have a, a way to twist the arms of the provinces. And, and I think SOGC and, and many others will, uh, will make sure that the, uh, the, the government uh, is aware of any uh, uh, indiscretions that, that occur due to tourism. That's really reassuring to hear you talk. So any final thoughts or take-home messages that you would like to share with our listeners? Well, I, I, I think that uh, the, the, there was a couple of other comments, um, you know, that, uh, w- that were made uh, recently in, in the New England Journal, which I think has, has very much... Uh, uh, been been on top of this in a very quick and reactive way, but uh, a doctor uh, a doctor M G Blanchet wrote uh, just last just this week on medicalizing the Constitution. He said at no point does the U S Constitution refer to medicine, yet courts have long invoked medical evidence and judgment to support their constitutional interpretations, and today medicine plays a prominent role in high stakes constitutional conflict. In another editorial, uh, lawmakers uh, versus the scientific realities of human reproduction write, 
The just announced U.S. Supreme Court decision in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization represents a stunning reversal of precedent that inserts government into the personal lives and the health care of Americans. So I think the take home message is that if you if you uh, feel strongly about this topic, uh, you need to be involved uh, in a sense politically. You need to use your democracy. You need to uh, uh, deal with your provincial uh, members of the legislature. And when there's an election, you ask them what their, what their stance is on women's health, on what their stance is on, on women's access for uh, uh, procedures such as abortion. Because uh, these are important issues uh, and are important rights uh, that for, for Canadian women. Um, and so I think we need to make sure our politicians are aware that we're aware and we're watching, making sure they do the right thing. Well, on these uh, good words, I'd like to thank our guests and those involved in producing this podcast. If you have any suggestion for topics or people we should speak with, please contact the SOGC at info at SOGC.com. Until the next time, my name is Diane Franqueur. I'm the CEO of SOGC and our guest today, Dr. Wilson, our new president, was really reassuring on the position of SOGC in regards to human uh, reproductive rights for Canadian women. So thank you again, Dr. Wilson. It's, me, it's been an amazing conversation. Have a good my, day. My pleasure. Thank you.